So tight, tight hour, right? <laughs> the tightest, mm-hmm. the tightest hour. That's how this goes. We, we never, ever, ever go over when Quinn is on the show. Never happened before, never will. Especially not on the start of a new season, you know. <laughs> Absolutely not. So we, we're here. We're we're doing the new filler season. Um, none of us have fucking seen this shit before, right? No, never. I have maybe seen one, perhaps two episodes. Okay. But like, what? Like, I remember the first the first scene that happens when we get a narrator at the start of episode one. I remember this because I was watching Bleach weekly at the time. Like, mm. I was reading the manga and I was watching the anime, and then I was like, "Oh, sweet, we're getting we finished this fight in the anime. Time to." get to this part of the of the manga now and then this happened god yeah no like i know i skipped this arc when i was originally watching bleach and i got to some part in the next season and then i was like well this is taking forever i'm gonna read the manga and then i did and i finished catching up in bleach in like a week at most maybe three days uh, and then I was a manga reader from then on. So, like, everything after next season I have not seen in the anime, save for maybe an episode or two. Mm-hmm. I don't know, we're entering uncharted territory for me. The the only thing I know about this is that it has one of the best theme songs of all time. It's so good. It's so fucking good. The, the new opening is awesome. I love it. it it's so good. It's so good should be the fucking catchphrase of our show. Jesus Christ. We see it so much. (laughs) Before we get too deep into discussion of the episodes, we should introduce the show and introduce ourselves. Is that a thing we do? Do we... I guess if we were to do that, I would say something like, this is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast, and I'm your co-host, Kit. And I would then reply with, and I'm your co-host, Sam. And I'm your very special guest, Quinn. Three-time returning champ. Three times soon to be, like, 13, 14 time? Yeah, something like that. God, it's, it's gonna be a time. Uh, so Quinn is joining us for this season of Bleachcast. Um, Sam is off next week, so normally we'd have a break in episodes but quinn and i have something very special planned for next week oh something truly magical is going to be coming down the line 
I, I will be very upfront in that next week is not going to be a Bleach episode. We're not going to be talking about Bleach at all. <laughs> Unless somehow we can <laughs> compare it to what we are doing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But let, let's get right into it with episode 168. The new captain appears. His name is Shusuke Amagai. So, hey, you remember Grimjow? Remember the Arankar? Doesn't fucking matter right now. It's filler arc time, baby. And a curtain rises on a currently unknown battle, is what the show tells us. Yeah, and the narration is so specific about this. They are saying, hey... We know that there's a fight going on between Ichigo and Grimjo that's just wound down. Fucking forget about it. It's time for <laughs> us to go to another place where we're going to be talking about a lot of characters who are kind of boring. God. They're, they're like, hey, are you wondering where this fits into the canon? It doesn't. Don't worry about it. This is something else. We've The production of the end. I think they literally name dropped the like the production of the anime or like we're going in, in a different direction for a little while. Don't worry about it. Just watch the show. God, it... what That was in the, uh, like, post-credits, like, thing for this next episode, right? No, I think the when they worded it that way, it was in the post-credits for the previous episode, yeah. that That's what I meant. That's what I meant, yeah. Uh, so, we immediately go to Rangiku, who's asking Hitsugaya if he's heard the news. Squad 3 is getting a new captain. Toshiro says, of course he knows, being a captain himself. He then explains the official announcement will be tomorrow. Rangiku asks when Kira learned Bankai, and Hitsukai is like, no, 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 no. Kira's not the new captain. <laughs> that, that's not what's happening. Sorry to inform you. She's just like, oh yeah, he kind of <laughs> sucked anyway, I guess. Yeah, rest in peace, Kira stands. He's not gonna be that important. It, it's so funny because I feel like this episode takes, like, many chances to just be like, Hey, Kira, mm, not really doing it for us, <laughs> you know? Oh, it's Potshot Central. They're just fucking lining the shots up and taking them every chance they get. It's so funny. Everybody's just shitting on Kira. He has such a cool Zanpak toe. There's a thing that's happening throughout this episode. Like, it's like this flanderization of Kira where <laughs> he's like... Oh, he's like the shy one who is nervous around people. And I'm like, that's definitely how the fandom views and portrayed him at the time. But also, <laughs> all of, like, if you look at his roles during non filler episodes up to this point, you know, he was taciturn and he was like, like, left to his own devices, he would go sit in the corner and brood for a while. But he wasn't like a shy, stammering guy. <laughs> he's just emo. He's not shy. He's just really no, emo. They, this is the hardcore ukezitation of uh, <laughs> of Kira. He has turned into what Twitter describes as a bottom, which has no bearing to what a bottom actually is. <laughs> Holy shit. I hate that you're right. I hate that you're right. Kira's out there uh, key smashing on all his responses. Providing secure passwords to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rungiku's surprised by this, but, like, like we just said, she says she didn't think Kira was cut out to be captain anyway. I think the cruelest thing that they say is when, uh, I don't remember if it was 
Toshiro or uh, Dangiku, but one of them says, wait, doesn't that mean he would have had to attain Bankai? And the other one turns around and looks like, he absolutely did not attain Bankai. <laughs> God. It... They're so mean to him. Uh, Toshiro says he doesn't even know the details of the new captain, and Rangiku's like, damn, I wonder who it will be. And her captain's just like, get back to fucking work. Like, we don't have time for this. Uh, we immediately cut to the squad meeting, where Yamamoto starts by telling the captains that yesterday, the expedition unit, which I don't know that we've ever heard about, um, returned after completing a long-term assignment with zero casualties. Uh, he calls this a great achievement, but gives zero details on what this assignment was, or why it's impressive <laughs> that there were zero casualties. Uh, but then he goes into how squads 3, 5, and 9 still don't have captains, which is a problem. Therefore... The man in charge of the expedition unit was summoned, and the decision of a small group of captains, presumably, uh, was unanimous. Gin Ichimaru's replacement is here, and his name is Shusuke Amagai. Who could have guessed? Yeah, like in the past when they've described how to become a captain, one of the methods is to have Yamamoto plus two captains verify that th this candidate is able to achieve Bankai. And they, presumably they also interview him. Um, so the, that's presumably mm -hmm. what, what has been said. But like, this episode... He really dazzled them with his five-year plan. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, when I'm... <laughs> where do you want to be in five years? Still alive. <laughs> My greatest weakness is probably that I have two Zompocto, which kind of alienates me from the other people around my squad, but I <laughs> compensate for it by using them very effectively in battle situations, which I think endears my squad to me. My other, you know, primary weakness is that I look very, very, very close to divorce. Just all the time. Oh yeah, dude. He's on the muscle milk right now. <laughs> The, the uh, most, like, scruffy himbo design. Like, th this guy gives Ichigo's dad a run for, like, most homeless-looking man in Bleach. <laughs> my, my favorite part of this whole segment is that immediately after they say his name is Shusuke Amagai, uh, we get, like, a cut to the Squad 3 barracks and all the Squad 3 Soul Reapers being like, who the fuck is Shusuke Amagai? Like, <laughs> he's better than Kira for sure, but who? <laughs> And then right. Kira so goes mean up. to Kira. They're so <laughs> fucking mean to him. My favorite thing about this, though, is that Kira shows up immediately after they get done being like, damn, Kira sucks. And he's just like, I just hope the new captain's nice. <laughs> and I'm like, my boy. Like, hello? <laughs> uh, in the meeting, though, the new captain walks in with two Zanpakuto as the rest of the captains size him up. He looks like he's about three days out from filing for divorce, but he introduces himself and says, I lack experience, so I ask for your guidance. Uh, we then cut to immediately after the meeting, where Ukitake is like, yeah, no, like, there's a lot of protocol and a lot of things that, you know, come with being a captain, so if you need any help, just come ask me. I'll probably be dying, but, you know, come ask me. And then Komamura and Kyoraku are, like, over having a conversation, and Komamura's like, hey, um, who the fuck were the two captains that sat in on this decision? And Chinsui's just like, does it, does it matter? Like, an empty spot's been filled. This is a good thing. And then Soifan is, like, walking up and like, 
well, we'll see if he's good in time, I'm sure. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, guys, this is a conversation. <laughs> I, Nobody's I at least like... Ap- no, go ahead. I at least appreciate Soifan, like, interacting with other captains in a way that isn't, you fucking suck, get me Yoroichi over here right now. Or in a way that's like, you're a traitor and I'm going to kill you. She's just like, hey, there's people, my coworkers are gossiping. Why don't I prance on over to the water cooler and also say my piece? Very true. That is that is a nice change of pace. Nobody seems to say, oh, look, he's got two Zanpakuto. That's definitely going to come up in the plot and be like a big important thing about his character, probably about why he's evil. I, I was going to say, like, later in the episode, uh, I'll, 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 I'll add my own thing in later. <laughs> God, uh, fucking, it is good to see Soifan doing this, though. Like, I do like this discussion. Like, generally speaking, I like most of the discussions in this episode. Like, I, I don't think it's all, like, the strongest stuff, but generally speaking, I, I have liked most of the stuff in this episode. Uh... Yamamoto and his lieutenant, Chodoro, who I had to look the name up of because I completely forgot it, uh, discussed the need to fill other positions in the, like, empty captain's posts. But they have to be careful about it, as, quote, evil targets, evil targets empty spaces. I'm always saying that, yeah. We're always saying that here in Soul Society. Amagai shows up to the Squad 3 barracks and asks for the lieutenant. Uh, Kira shows up and they both shake hands. And he introduces another new face, Makoto Kibune, who has medium-length brown hair and wears glasses. He's the nerd of the group. Uh, Amagai explains he's from the Expedition Squad as well, and is also joining Squad 3. He will be the third seat from now on. Yeah, I saw his character design, and I, I think I commented this in the Discord, but this is evidence that this anime hates homosexuals. He looks like he is designed to be... A bad gay man. Yeah, not he's... like incredibly flamboyant, but like he's got the vibe. He's got the vibe of a character who's like, this guy is going to turn up. He's going to turn into a villain. He t- he'll have been secretly evil all along, and also, by the way, he's gay. Yes, like, exactly. God, it doesn't help that he's hitting on Kira ninety percent of this episode. Right, like, imagine if they took uh, Yumichika and made him, like, 80 degrees worse. They took Yumichika and they put about 70% Uryu in him, and that's yep. that's Makoto Kibune. He looks like if Xylopodo, like, grew purple plumage all over his chest and <laughs> arms, got worse-looking glasses, and then got himself a bad dye job to blend in as a Soul Reaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy shit. A disaster. Ugh. A character design that I cannot co-sign. It's just, it's not great. I don't I've understand s- that purple. He's got, like, <laughs> violet plumage coming up his neck and down his arms. And I'm like, I, I think it's supposed to be a fancy sweater. Maybe. Yeah, he's like wearing a turtleneck. God. I, I've i said this before on the show, and I'll say it again. For a man I am pretty sure is homophobic, Kubo sure does love designing gay men. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. It really does. Uh, the rest of the squad starts sizing up the new captain, and one of the members of Squad 3 tells Amagai directly that the squad was fine without a captain. 
Amagai says, you know, I don't blame you for feeling that way. After all, I'd probably feel similar if some stranger walked up and told you, like, well, told me that he was captain. But, you know, I want you to know, as long as I'm your captain, I will protect you. And then he grins, and we cut to Rangiku and Kira having tea. I do like this from Amagai, personally. Like, I, I, I don't know. I like that much. He's sure. a fun himbo. I like him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy him so far. Um, He's got a, a decent level of social awareness. I think some of my experience is hampered by the fact that I decided to watch these in the English dub. And... Um, <laughs> We need the comparison, though. It's important. <laughs> They're on their, like, C and D string of VAs for this. Like, most of these oh. are people who are, you know, not major characters. And so they're, like, bit players who are, like, not bringing it. A lot of, like, really flat performances that are, are tough to sit through. It's it's kind of funny because, like, I may or may not have mentioned on fucking pod that i have been playing a fuck ton of guitar hero lately but um it, it kind of reminds me of we just finished warriors of rock and troy baker and laura bailey are apparently in that game as additional voices we have no idea who they are um <laughs> which is so weird to me because like the main voice acting talent in that game uh is actually fucking gene simmons and getty lee <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. It's so weird. Um, but anyway, uh, Kira explains to Rangiku that there's this huge unfeeling of uncertainty in the squad about the new captain, uh, and he's worried about pulling them together tomorrow. Rangiku's like, well, fuck, I don't get it, but since you say you're kind of stuck in the middle of all this, I, I have a solution. Sake! <laughs> and Kira's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I can't drink in broad daylight. Uh, but <laughs> Rangiku's already busy pulling out her, like, ninth bottle of sake, <laughs> and she suggests having a party with all of Squad 3. This bit is incredible. Her, it's like, so good. Because you can hear the clinking as Kira's like, I can't just fucking drink. We're a military organization. I can't just dr <laughs> randomly drink in the afternoon. And she's just like, clink. Clink, clink, and then the the camera turns back to her, and it's like, oh yeah, bottle number nine, number ten, number eight. Here's here's the Jack Daniels. Like, God, uh, after some drinks, she says they'll all be buddies with Kira, and he's like, I don't know if that's how that works. And Rangiku's just like, you know, just give it a shot, just trust me. And then Hitsugaya walks in, and it's like, so that's where you hide your sake, and he's just fucking pissed. Uh, Rangiku tries to explain, but Toshiro is not having it. And then we cut to the next day. Just imagine walking into, like, your subordinate who never does any work, and then you realize that she was hiding her booze in your desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just being like, oh, so that's where the key to my desk went. Just, god. Fucking S-tier joke. Incredible. Uh, the next day... Amagai enters the Squad 3 barracks to find the whole squad seated with food and drink. Kira explains it's a welcome party, and Amagai thanks everyone, with silence in response. Uh, Kira tells him he received some advice to solidify their bond, and he holds out a Sakazuki cup, uh, which is a, just a type of sake cup. Uh, it's the, like, more bowl one you've probably all seen in anime, or, like, 
Japanese media or just anywhere that you've seen Sakai, like, it's pretty common. I mean, Shunsui um, has it, like, every second time we see him on screen anyway, so... Oh, yeah, true. True, true, true. If you've seen Bleach, you've seen this. Um, so he asks the captain to let him pour for him. Uh, Amagai hesitates, uh, but then as he sees Kira's puppy dog eyes, he agrees and takes the cup. Uh, when Kira pours the sake, Amagai, like, kind of mumbles, and he's like, oh, wow, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of sake. And Kira's like, what was that? And he's like, nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> Kira announces they should begin the welcome party for the captain and, uh, Kibune. And with such silence, Kira worries that he has made a mistake. <laughs> Meanwhile, Amagai stares nervously at the sake and sweats profusely. <laughs> With Kira announcing a toast from Captain Amagai. He prompts Amagai to take a shot, and the captain nervously says he'll give it his best as he downs the sake and immediately turns flush and starts slurring his words. Uh, the captain stands up, thanks Kira for throwing him a party, and then immediately passes out. And this is incredible. I love this. I do love that he's like, oh, wow, that's a, that, actually, no, you don't need to. Okay, no, that's a big shot. Uh, you know, I don't have to... Oh, no, I guess I do have to drink. All right, well, let's just down it all in one go, I guess. Yep. I, I gotta give it to the man for his bravery. <laughs> I, God, he, he knew what he was in for, but uh, he sure did keep on going for it anyway. So, props to him, I guess. Makoto here explains that Amagai has zero tolerance for alcohol, which prompts Kira to say he only had one shot. <laughs> Kibune then says that he gets drunk on pickles made from sake yeast, which prompts Kira to ask why he didn't refuse. Uh, Makoto says he probably didn't. He probably read the mood and felt it wrong to say no. Uh, Kira then calls for a pail of water and a towel, and then says they can't really continue the party like this. But Kibune is like, actually, no, we can. This is a good opportunity for me to get to know all of your names and faces, and I, I'll take notes. Uh, <laughs> It, it's pretty good. I, I, I like this bit. Completely normal, not at all evil notes. <laughs> he definitely feels like he's being, like, the most helpful in a sinister way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of hope it's just, like, a, a random red herring. Like, I really want this to turn out to be, like, it's not that Makoto is evil. It's that he can't help doing things in a way that makes him look like a villain. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, so I would too. love, I would love if at the end of this filler arc, right, you know, Amagai and uh, Makoto were both revealed to be just good guys who have to die by the end of this arc to maintain continuity. <laughs> or I maybe they'll just go on a different expedition. I I think it'd be really funny if at the end of this arc we find out they aren't, in fact, evil. They're just really bad at their job, actually. So they just get demoted. <laughs> like, that's that's what I want. And then you could just have them show up in the background of any other Soul Society shot, Soul Society shot for the rest of the show. They'll show up when that one Aronkar that uh, Rukia swears she's coming back for comes back to the show. <laughs> God. Uh, meanwhile, as Kiaraku is sunbathing on a roof, Nanao approaches as her captain brings up the party. Nanao is, like, unimpressed and explains it's a welcome party and they're drinking during the day. And Kiraku's like, damn, wish that could be me. Wish I could be getting plastered at a party right now. I wonder if the captain drinks. Maybe we should be friends. 
And then I was like, alright, I'm not gonna, like, comment on any of that. And then we got back to the party. This is the most filler-ass scene in a filler episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, back at the party, Amagai is being tended to as Kibune finishes taking actual literal notes on the squad, uh, the squad people's names. Uh, the same two nameless Shinigami who have been, like, harassing Kira this entire episode, um, they just talk about how they've managed just fine with Kira until now. Hmm. Uh, their new captain seems worthless, they say. It's so weird, because these are the same two guys from earlier, but now they're like, damn, we were fine with Kira. Like, this new captain, though, I'm not so sure. Well, it's just, they they have clearly, like, defined designs that are like, okay, this is, like, a random NPC character made for this episode only. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the way they're talking, you're just like, are these supposed to be, like, the fifth and sixth seed or something? Yeah, they're, they're kind of a, a chorus, as it were, who are serving that function. And also, like, their dynamic seems like, well, we're allowed to make fun of Kira, but no one else is. Right, like, you can't come and disturb our stuff. Yeah, we make fun of him, but he's our guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't hate them, I just do think this is very funny. Um, Kira, meanwhile, as this is going on, is waiting outside, and he's like, damn, I'm stupid for taking Rangiku's advice. And then Kibune approaches him, and is like, you know, the squad has a solidarity about it. And I know you've been keeping them together throughout this whole time where there's been no captain. And I think that's really impressive. And Kira's like, it's nothing really. But then an alarm rings as he's like trying to be humble or like downplay his own achievements. And a new directive for Squad 3 is being brought up. Uh, It's an emergency as 13 Menos have appeared in the Precipice world, the Dongai. And they are heading for... they are heading for Soul Society. Well, just 13 of them. That's so many Meadows. It's so many, and it's such a specific number, too. It's really funny. Uh, Yamamoto's like, well, fuck it. It's Squad 3's job to defeat them. Let's test this new captain. I know they're having a party or whatever, but it, it's their job. Uh, they are to make preparations immediately. <laughs> and the squad immediately is like, okay, fuck, fuck, fuck. What do we do? Captain's down. Captain's down. And Kibune's like, Okay, Kira, we have to go. I, I will request the restrictive current be quarantined while you take charge. And Kira's like, uh, okay. And tells the squad they're going to go do this and destroy the Minos. Uh, meanwhile, uh, in front of the grave of Tozen's dead friend, because that is where this is, um, Komamura and Tetsuzayaman talk about what's going on. Uh, Komamura wonders if the Serete is on the verge of change, as a man who distinguished himself on an expedition assignment was named captain, which has never happened before. Tetsuzaimon asks him who the captains were that participated in Amagai's appointment to captain, and Komamura's like, hey, I asked that earlier this episode, I don't fucking know. (laughs) But I think something new is beginning. They've, well, like, they've brought up... (laughs) Who are the two captains? They've brought it up, like, often enough in this one episode that it's, like, it's either going to be, oh, it was Yamamoto and, like, two people who don't exist, he was tricked or something, or it was, like, Yamamoto's trick, he did it on his own, like, he was trying to do something with it, or it doesn't fucking matter because whatever. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, it's just, they're, they're clearly pointing out, like, this is a thing. This is a thing you should be paying attention to, viewer. Try to figure out our mystery box. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, like, oh, who could it have been? My... Like, yeah, we're, we're gonna find out, for sure. My money is on Ukitake and Soifan. Uh, and the only reason I say that uh, is because... Uh, I, I realize we're not actively trying to solve this mystery. This is just what the show wants us to do. But I, I find it fun to do this to, anyway. Sure. Um, but my reasoning for this is that Soifan was the one who interrupted the conversation when Komamura and uh, Shinsui were talking about it and said, we will see in time how strong he really is. Meanwhile, Ukitake is the one who is like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into being a captain. I will help you out. These, these are the two that I think the show is pointing towards being the two captains who were in there. That being said, I also don't expect Bleach to follow this logic, and I could be totally wrong. <laughs> what if it's Zoraki and Mayuri? That was kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> could be. <laughs> Just Yamamoto being like, hey, you two chuckle fucks, get in here. Look, he's got a Bankai, <laughs> signed a dotted line, and both of them are like, fine, fuck it, I've got somewhere else to go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Mayuri's just like, I don't care, he's not interesting enough, but sure, whatever. And Zoraki's like, I don't care, he's not powerful enough, but sure, whatever. God. Love it. 10 out of 10. Uh, Kira starts directing the squad, and they go directly into the Dongai. Battle ensues as Kira gives out more orders and pulls out Wabisuke, swiftly dealing with one of the Menos, like, by himself, really easily. <laughs> the rest of the squad begins taking down more... Uh, like, requiring, like, five to ten of them at a time to take down one. Uh, and suddenly eight are left, as a new alarm rings. The ground in the Dongai shakes, and the restrictive current returns, even though it was to be quarantined. <laughs> and as such, the cleaner, which we may all remember from the Soul Society arc, is the thing that goes through the Dongai every so often, and kills everything in its path. Uh, it's back! And the whole squad is in danger of being killed. <laughs> They literally can't visit the Dongai without it showing up. It's very funny. It's so fucking funny. Um, nobody in R&D has any fucking clue why this is happening. But then Kibune shows up right now, and it's like, yeah, I don't know why it's happening either. I said a request in, but uh, anyway, BRB dealing with Menos. And he takes one down as the cleaner starts taking down more Menos. And it's at this point. I'm wondering why they didn't just let the cleaner do this job in the first place. <laughs> why did right. they have to have Squad 3 go in? Because, <laughs> like, the, we see the cleaner take down three Menos like it's fucking nothing. It just chomps them down. Guy at this point shows up as the squad is, like, running away from the cleaner and being like, fuck, we can't get away in time. And he's like, alright, boys, stand back. And he points one of his blades at the rapidly approaching cleaner. And he says, I told you, as long as I'm your captain, I will protect you. And Kibune is like, all right, Kira, fucking watch. This is Amagai's true power. And a green energy erupts from his blade. And suddenly the cleaner dissipates. He has ruined the Dongai forever. It pops we get to like see... a balloon. It really yeah. does. Uh, we get to see his Zanpakuto kind of resembles, like, a curved and pointed tuning fork. Uh, like, it's pretty short, uh, taking, like, a U-shape with a spike at the bottom above the hilt. 
and two more spikes protruding from like the bottom half of its sides. Uh, I like the way it looks. I think it's neat. It's cool. Yeah. My theory uh, is that this thing is more like it might be like a separate sacred tool or something, as opposed to being his zanpakuto. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Adding to that theory is that he wipes it with like some kind of papers. Like at first, I thought it was like a cleaning cloth, but uh, he throws them behind him, and they're pretty clearly like papers. And uh, I don't know if it's transforming from cloth into paper, or if it was just papers the whole time. I'm not sure either. It is very cool, though. I like it a lot. There's also um, a big musical sting when that happens. <laughs> There's a lot of musical stings in the last, like, two minutes of this episode. And by lo- a lot, I mean, like, two. But, you know. Um, so, after he, like, tosses the papers behind him, he turns to Kibune and is like, Hey, are you sure you sent in the request for quarantine? And Makoto's like, Yeah, dude. And Avagai's like, Damn. Weird shit. Whatever. Is anyone hurt? And it's at this point, I'm wondering, is anyone getting the vibe these two might be evil? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, they really don't give a shit about this being the case. They just brush off the cleaner showing up as nothing. It's so funny. Look, I'm having such a hard time parsing whether or not the show is like, oh, this is strange, look at these people acting suspicious, or if it's just trying to be like, these two dudes happened, and now this weird shenanigans is happening, because maybe someone's out to get them, and it's like, I have, I have a really hard time parsing which direction the show is, like, trying to push towards, uh, mm-hmm. which I guess ultimately might be for the better, because it means I'm having, I have a harder time predicting what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I'm kind of in the same boat, because, like, I feel like it's pretty clearly flagging these two as evil but also i feel like it's playing its cards way too obviously if that's the case and i'm like really hoping it doesn't just end up with them being evil because like you can only have so many like strange occurrences or like strange interactions without you going okay so these two guys are evil and have it you know kind of be ruined for you by it being this obvious you know Absolutely. Um, but uh, nobody's hurt, and Amagai tells Kira he did a good job, as expected for someone who filled in during the captain's absence. Kira again says, it's nothing, and Amagai says, I'm glad everyone's okay. It's time to head back. And he starts walking away, and everybody's like, damn, dude, I just shit my pants. He's incredible. And then Amagai just passes the fuck out, because he's still drunk, it turns out. Uh, which I, I like that. I do think it's funny that it, it's not clear he's drunk until this moment. Um, Kibune starts picking him up, asks for some help, and uh, tells Kira they should head back. Uh, and a funky guitar chord hits as the 2 be continued screen pauses on Amagai's unconscious and flushed face, ending the episode. I like that his uh, protective dad, his protective dad energies are so strong, he will wake up from a drunken stupor, go do his heroics, and then fall back down. It's good. I I like Amagai. Like, that was my main concern going into this arc, is that I would not like Amagai at all, and I would be bored to tears by this episode, but I had a pretty good time. Uh, Like, a lot of it is just, like, 
talking and like being like, "All right, damn, this is the new captain. Wonder what's his, what his deal is." But I I enjoy the guy. I don't mm-hmm. dislike Kibune. Like I'm not like in love with his character or anything, but I don't dislike him. Uh, overall, like I I like the episode. No, they're setting up some fun dynamics. Um, I definitely liked it more than I expected to, for sure. Yeah, they they had like a couple of interesting things in the presentation. I still can't get over how terrible Mibune's design is. <laughs> like, I I look at it and I'm like, this this guy walked in to be like the villain of a of a two episode filler arc. Like, <laughs> why is he here? We, we have some interesting things here in that maybe he's evil and Amagai isn't, uh, or vice versa, and it's just right. fucking weird, but I don't know. Uh, we also have a new ending theme, which uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's pretty mid, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's alright. I'm into it. I enjoyed um, it, but if you played like three different Bleach ending themes to me right now, I would not be able to tell you which one was this one. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's kind of like uh, a worse version of the Ori Ska Band ending, so... Yeah, and that ending is fucking one of the best of all time. Absolutely. I fucking love Ori Ska Band. Uh, what was the post-credits bit this time, Sam? Uh, we go back to the Arankar Encyclopedia, and this time, Gein's about to tell us about Ichigo's hollow form, which Ichigo shows up to deny, because he's like, I'm, I'm not a hollow, stop it. Stop it, I don't like that. <laughs> Uh, and then Gin takes the opportunity to be like, oh, so, uh, there's a new Scott, uh, squad yet and taking my place, huh? And, uh, well, good luck, Kira. <laughs> I, I like how he's like, damn, it's that guy? All right, good fucking luck. He's like, do you know him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. All right, bye. Ciao. All right, Gin. Four out of ten bit. <laughs> like, the... I, the bit is, like, non-existent. <laughs> the bit that I actually like more is the, like, the one that came right before, like, dur- during the episode preview, where Yamamoto is talking to his assistant, and his assistant's like, Are- you know they're drunk, right? It's like, yeah, we have to test the new captain. It's like, yeah, but they're drunk. They're having a party. We have to test Hayes, the new captain. <laughs> it's all right. Sure. God, it it really do be like that, though. <laughs> we have to taste the new captain prepared to keto cannon. <laughs> 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 oh, I miss the keto cannon. Bring back the keto cannon. I'm always saying this. Ugh. All right. Well, that does it for the first episode. So let's cut to break. Hey, it's under an hour. Yeah, under an hour. It's under an hour. (laughs) Tight hour. get into it with episode 169 new development the dangerous transfer student appears 
Uh, the episode begins with a Soul Society opening on Earth, and we see, like, two dudes with hell butterflies bring a young lady out on a fancy rickshaw. Like, I I, I don't know if there's, like, a, another term or if it's, like, you know, a manual carriage. I'm not sure, but it looks cool as shit. It does look pretty. Uh, but apparently they're, like, they have to wait for a thing. We cut to Ichigo, who wakes up in his room, uh, just in time to see that his dad has finished installing a trampoline so he can jump up into his bedroom. Top-tier Ishin bit, honestly. <laughs> Typical, you know, shenanigans ensue. The family have breakfast, and we learn that one of the neighbors moved away. Over at school, Ichigo's life of narrowly avoiding slapstick continues with Keigo as he meets up with Chad and the rest of the crew. And then we see Orihime's art homework. And I fucking love this thing. It's very cute. <laughs> she drew a dino doing yoga by, like, tugging on its tail over its shoulder. It looks great. And then Rukia comes in, and she's got, like, all of her bun buns, like, doing yoga. And it might be the best thing she's ever drawn. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's way better than usual. Really into it. Really into it. At this point, she gets a message on her cell phone for because of hollows and, like, a lot of, like, 50 hollows. So Ichigo and Rukia go off, they split up, they start finding the hollows. Uh, we go back to, like, the the group that that came out of the gate, and we just have, like, the lady who's waiting for food, and her attendant's like, Don't worry, my lady, I found a convenience store, but I still don't have a guy, so I can't shop for anything. F. F. F's in chat. God, I I do love the way he's like, I did find a convenience store, I believe they call it. And I'm like, all right, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> uh, the girl wishes to remove her hat, but the man says that she can't because it's blocking like her spirit pressure. And they're waiting for special spirit suppressing guy. And at the same time, the third of their number is, quote, performing tests quote, like, while looking ominously at the, at the like, the 50 fucking hollows that got summoned. Uh, the little lady wanders off on her own, she runs to Ichigo, she trips, her hat falls off, Ichigo asks, hey, where are you from? And all she does is extend her hand until eventually going, like, what the fuck are you doing? A noble is allowing you to touch her skin, so help me up already. So, am, am I the only one who hates this little girl? Yeah, she's a bit much. She, she doesn't have a great first impression i've but i'm also like you know i've seen enough anime with the young princess on the run that like can't relate to people so it's like okay whatever. sure it's just yeah it's this character like she doesn't have a character she's this character yep hopefully that changes but yeah yeah so she asks ichigo for food he, uh, ichigo is just like um danger <laughs> no shut up uh we cut back to her two assistants uh, the bald, the bald one is like pantomiming angrily. I, I guess he's mute. We don't see him speaking for the entire episode. Um, and the other one just says, "We need to find Lady Rurichiro or Rurichio." Um, and you know, he also chides his partner for saying, "Hey, you gathered way too many, way too many all." Uh, back with Ichigo, the girl is just being a complete brat she's like putting him in a yell in a headlock and she's just yelling i want food i want food and like 
I can't imagine that the English dub sounds pleasant. <laughs> it's not great. She doesn't sound as bad as she could. Um, but it's not. It's is not she like great? Is she like Nina from FMA 03 levels? Or no, is, is no. she better than that? She's better than that for sure. Okay. Yeah, because in the Japanese, it's like it's annoying, but also it's a language I don't understand, so I can kind of tune it out. Sure. While I'm reading the subtitles. Oh, <laughs> uh, for sure. At for this. Sure. At this point, the two attendants show up, grab her, they let Ichigo get buried in hollows until he summons his bankai and, like, pushes all of them all off of him. This sequence uh, bugged the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah? yeah? Well, just the way that Ichigo fights the hollows, it's like, you could do this way more efficiently. He's, like, single slashing a bunch of them, and it's like, you have <laughs> AoE attacks, dude. Use one of them. I will give him the benefit of the doubt and think of the fact that, like, when he's u- in Bankai, at least, if he throws out the big energy blades, it's kind of a, like, hey, Ichigo, you shouldn't be doing that because you don't have power limiters and you should, you might, like, destroy the universe. Like, you might destroy space around the city. Okay. Kind of thing. Sure enough. Fair um, enough. Like, yeah, it was just like, okay, yeah, you're really, it's going to take him one at a time. Okay. <laughs> Counterpoint, counterpoint. Uduyu absolutely does not give a fuck about this. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get to Uduyu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so, you know, summons his bankai. The young lady is, like, asking about him, and the attendant is aware, like, that's Ichigo Kurosaki. He's the substitute soul reaper. Rukia shows up, and all three of, like, the newcomers have just completely fucking disappeared. Uh and then Chad, Orihime, and Uryu show up, and the first two are like, go, by attack, and they take out, like, one or two hollows, and then just, Uryu has, like, a fucking wave of arrows, which, granted, it's a, it's a billion pinpricks, right? Like, it's yeah. just, it's the thing that he's been doing since they went to the hollow world, but it's still, like, a literal wave of arrows it, it flies is... across the sky. It, lo- it looks dope. I, I love it. I, I think it looks great, but it is also at the same time that we didn't have the budget to animate a big battle here. <laughs> Fucking animation they could have put at this part. Mm-hmm. And I, I adore it. I, I think it's great. It is the most... Uh, my bard in Final Fantasy fourteen decided to do his AoE attack on the, the fucking mob. Yeah, so they discussed the Shinigami, like the strange Shinigami for a little while. They returned to school. Uh, Ichigo describes the girl as, like, a princess who was hungry and didn't act like a princess much. And Orihime starts describing just an entirely different, like, BDSM character. Yeah. It's so weird! <laughs> and Rukia's like, no, that sounds more like a queen. I'm like, that's right, Rukia, we stand a queen. Okay, stand that, a queen. that mix-up makes a little bit more sense. Because in English, Rukia's just like, you're describing a dominatrix. <laughs> yeah. God... It weird that they just come out and say it in the dub, but also that is what the imagery is showing us. Because they actually do just straight up mm-hmm. show, like, a flogger. Yep. And, like, the fucking uh, character in the background that Orihime is describing even has, like, an O-ring collar. And it's like, uh, guys? Isn't this show for, like, teens? Guys? Yeah, they want to know what this is. Don't worry about it. They're, she's just describing a... a- 
of random villain demon queen. Of course, of course, of course, of course. She's a JRPG villain. God. At Ichigo's house, Ruka is like, just beep, 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 beeping away across the entire database of everybody who passed through the fucking Senkaimon. And just to see if there's like any record of the people that Ichigo met. Uh, but she's having a hard time because like the manual is rough to read. There is a con joke. Uh, the now vacated neighbor's place is now is already having someone move in, and the people coordinating the move is none other than one of the retainers we saw earlier. I cut through. I don't know if y'all have anything to say about that scene, which I had zero interest. Nah, no, nothing. I, I don't. All right. Um, the retainers like super standoffish with uh, Ichigo, and the lady shows up, and she's like, "Oh, hey, it's Ichigo. Yeah, great. He came to like offer his services or whatever." <laughs> like, uh, but. Both of the retainers stop Ichigo from getting closer, and they set up a barrier so he can't, like, walk in. And Ichigo's like, man, they should fucking call her Byakuya. This makes Rukia not happy. <laughs> She's like, my brother, it's not... How dare you? <laughs> uh, she goes over to Urahara's for info, and Tessa is just like, I am dreadfully sorry, but we cannot give info on other customers' stuff. To every single one of her questions. He's just like, please stop asking. I cannot answer your question. I'm sorry. That would be a violation of HIPAA. <laughs> God. That's protected health information. <laughs> that I hate that is this. exactly what he's <laughs> Well, it's exactly what he's doing. He's like, I cannot tell you. Oh, she's like, well, fine, I'll ask him himself. But Urahara's yep. like, just not been there for a couple of days. The HIPAA joke is just especially funny because my wife daily has to work with HIPAA. So, yeah, I, I used perfect. to work a job where I did, so I definitely, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. God. I used, I used to do a call center for home heating oil. HIPAA. <laughs> the, the Canadian I- equivalent of HIPAA is, like, more expansive. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that also, it's just any personal information, basically. Oh, wow, okay. God. Um, uh, so that evening, the attendants find, they find Ruricio, like, just sleeping on a sofa. She's, you know, big day, she's exhausted. The the big one comes in, like, flexing and dancing with a big meal, but then he's crying because she can't even eat it, she's asleep. Uh, the other attendant is like, you saw how strong Ichigo was. I bet he could go against them. Coming here is a good idea. Whatever. Um, so, I, I do like that there is a character who is mute in Bleach. I I have mixed emotions about the character himself because I do feel... I do worry that it's going to be treated like a joke the entire time. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, his version of, like, ASL or... I guess it wouldn't be ASL considering this is Japan, but, like, his version of sign language is flexing and posing in ludicrous ways. Yep. And yeah, he, he doesn't have I a do- language so much as he's got, like an emotion. Yeah, and like I do like him. I I think his design is fun, but it it does bum me out a little bit that the first mute character we are getting in Bleach seems to be treated as a joke. Yep. Um and I just wanted to get that out before we finish the episode. Absolutely. So the next day, uh, the gang's just like talking about it at school. 
Ichigo was just like, look, I didn't break down their barrier because clearly I'm not fucking stupid. They have something to do with me and they're going to come like looking for me eventually. I don't have to go looking for trouble myself. It's just, it's going to happen. And as soon as he finishes that, as soon as he says that, their teacher is like, we have three new transfer students, everyone. A grade schooler, an adult, and a mountain of a man. <laughs> and they introduce themselves as Kenryu and Ryu. That's not going to get... That's not going to cause any problems for us on the podcast, I'm sure. Absolutely not. <laughs> and Rorichio Kasumiyoji. And also, just as a, an aside, that Rorichio, like... She uses the royal we like speech patterns when she's when she's speaking in Japanese. Okay, uh, which apparently is a detail that does not exist in the dub. No, interesting. Uh, I mean, it's hard to speak and like match some of those voice patterns, mm. but yeah, definitely it's a an important character thing, right? Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, like she's she's a. Like a noble or a princess, or like she's she's someone who normally who speaks in that way. Um, she still doesn't have a personality all on her, all on her own. Um, I, I guess she does like a little a cute little like peace sign at the end. Uh, presumably, she watched like an episode of anime that morning, and she was like, "Oh, that's how people do it." Um, <laughs> I guess we'll learn more about it next episode <laughs> or I next guess week. So. I, I hope there's like an aside with her watching anime and it's just like another Shonen Jump anime. Like she's watching Naruto. Like I want that. Yeah, I just I want her to be watching like Sailor Moon or something and then just completely ape the like transformation sequence like poses. Hell yeah. God, please give it to me. She's like, this is how I'm going in the name of the moon, Ichigo. I need to ask you a favor. <laughs> And you grab that apple, it's on a shelf that's too high for me. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I was just gonna say, I don't know, it's interesting that this episode is, like, so completely different uh, in tone and content from the last episode. Because it's just another, here are some new characters, but also this seems completely unrelated to the, the previous episode. Very unrelated, and, like, obviously they're gonna dovetail at some point, but there is something that I was kind of enjoying about how kind of light and breezy it was. And I yeah. guess that's also in part because I recently picked up and started to try watching for the first time Dragon Ball GT. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no. Because I'm like, I've, n- I've never seen it. I'm like 20 episodes in. Uh, the baby saga is about to start. So it's been like some of the more controversial stuff so far. And there's ways in which I kind of like the way they're just doing like fun, episodic little stories. And I'm like, OK, that's fun. Um, But it's also like not good <laughs> you know yeah it's like it's a it's a vibe but it's you know not f- fun or exceptional or it is fun but it's not like good or exceptional and i kind of felt the same way about this episode that makes yeah. sense that makes sense like gt rules but it's it's very like some of these ideas are super cool and then the execution is like okay um and then also, I, if I, I can see if you're a fan of Dra- if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Z and you're not a fan of Dragon Ball, I can definitely see where like watching the first 15 episodes of GT, you're like, oh, not for me. I'm gonna watch another anime. Yeah, and fortunately for me, I like Dragon Ball, so it's not a big deal. I I am a memory is entering, and I vaguely remembering having a 
Dragon Ball GT VHS tape that had like three episodes on it, specifically from the Baby Saga. And I had no idea what was going on, but that sure was a Dragon Ball. Vegeta with the best mustache in Dragon Ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trunks is a CEO God. now. Sure is. They really go all out. Like, they do. Bless. So for the post credit scene of this episode, we have, finally, the Men's Shinigami Association. <laughs> we have Tetsuzaiban, the president. Iyamura from Squad 4, the vice president. Omaida, the director. Kira, also the director. In the in the seat of XX, I don't... It just says XX, Harunobu Ogido. I have no fucking clue who this is. <laughs> uh, Jushiro Ukitake, also, also a director. Also Shuhei's here. <laughs> he doesn't even get named, but he is in the room. He's hanging out. Um, and everyone's wearing, like, the Tetsuzaimon style... Or I guess like the more like Yakuza style, like shirtless, the jacket's like a cape, they have the sunglasses on. And today's order of business is, oh, no, sorry, you can't gather here. Nanao needs this place full of storage. What's that? You got something to say about it? No, I didn't fucking think so. That's right. It is good bit. Good bit. I liked this one a lot. It got a real good laugh out of me. I had to fucking pause it after the introductions because I was laughing so hard. God. I hope they keep this bit going. Like, I need this to be a bit like the previous long-running post-credits bit. Because I have to know who the fuck Harunobu Ogido is. (laughs) And I don't want to look it up on the wiki. (laughs) I am looking it up on the wiki. But I will not... I will not say anything. Uh, And with that, that's it for... uh, That's it for these episodes. Do we have any final thoughts we want to get through? Um... I I enjoyed both these episodes. Uh, I think I liked the first one more than the second one. But um, I think that's in part due to me just not liking Bruchia. Um But I am very curious about this arc, and I really hope that some of the seeds they're planting aren't as obvious as what I'm expecting them to be. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, want these, I want these to be, like, red herrings as opposed to just completely obvious uh, heel turns that are gonna we're just gonna go oh yeah surprise I saw this coming 20 episodes ago yeah I'm feeling pretty much the same I enjoyed some of them like I I enjoyed both the episodes I'm suddenly like god I haven't podcasted in a million years where's my tongue I enjoyed both the episodes I think that the first one promised more in terms of potentially interesting plot stuff but I was finding myself sort of enjoying the rhythms and beats of the second episode a little bit more, even if it does sort of start with them just going like, and Ichigo's here again, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful that they wind up doing something. I don't even need it to be unexpected, but interesting with these plots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... You could you could pretty much write this thing right now, uh, you know, if if it's going to be as generic as it looks like it could be. Yeah. My curiosity comes from where these two seemingly completely separate arcs are going to like overlap, 
Because, like, they have to, right? Like, there's no way they aren't going to. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that the expedition had something to do with them. Like, with Ruricio, Ruricio and uh, folks. Okay, but wouldn't... How fucking hilarious would it be if this was just two completely separate arcs, one happening in the human world, one happening in the Insul Society, and they didn't interact in any way, shape, or form until Ichigo goes to Soul Society to fix whatever human world problem he's got with Ruricio, and then it's just... We still get episodes where, like, half the episode is devoted to Ichigo's thing, and the other half is Kira's thing, and they still don't interact in any meaningful way. That'd be pretty great. I would lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> like, I would love if the plots didn't interact together in any way, except for characters like Rangiku and Renji having to deal with both plots at once. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh... So, I did look up uh, Haranobo Ugido on the wiki. I'm not going to tell you uh, anything about him or where he's from, but can I mention something from the trivia section that I think is very funny regarding a popularity poll? Blade it on me. Haranobu received one vote in the second popularity <laughs> poll as the good-looking Shinigami in the front on the right in panel 4 on the 16th page in chapter 92. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that's so good. Oh god, I hope that's literally the only reason he's here, that they were like, hey, look at this guy. Sure, he's part, he's part of the Shinigami Men's Association uh, now. The funniest part is that that was the chapter he first appeared in. That might is it the only chapter he appears in? I don't know. His his plot summary is two fucking paragraphs long and I can't read one of them because it's for an arc we haven't seen yet. Damn. <laughs> maybe maybe he's Maybe he only shows up in Shinigami Men's Association stuff and we'll get more later. Hell yeah. Harunobu is dedicated to his work, as he is often seen leading his first relief team around Seirite. Uh He and Iyamura annoy each other, with one instance uh, leading up to Iyamura drawing his Zanpakuto. He is popular with the ladies, as most of the Force Division's mail is addressed to him from the Women of the Soul Society. Fuck, also I a remember him now. <laughs> I do! <laughs> I do too! He is also a member of the Shinigami Men's Association. That is his entire personality paragraph. Because we have seen him before, yeah. It's when uh, <laughs> it's the post-credits bit where Iyamura is like writing in his diary and he's just being yeah. really mean and petty to people and he's being especially mean and petty about this guy because all the ladies and nurses are like in love with him but they don't look at him. Wait, 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 wait. Previous partner... Yasuchika Iyamura, is there a love affair we're not aware of between Iyamura and this guy? Bro. No, it's, Bro. it's probably, um... Well, no, no, I don't think his name is uh, Yasuchika, isn't it? Uh, would that probably be, like, Iyamura's sister? No, Yasuchika is Iyamura's name. Oh, damn. Like, yeah. Hey, something to look forward to, then. Damn. Romance, it's romance in Barrack 4. God. Holy shit. Uh, his his birthday is April 14th. I'm learning a lot today. 
<laughs> Zanpakuto, Shikai, unknown. Bankai, none. Damn, they really did him dirty. Anyway, this has been the show. Was there anything else we needed to add? <laughs> no, I think that pretty much covers it. Mm-hmm. You can find the show on Twitter at BleachCast. You can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Paws. Uh, I have occasionally been streaming Guitar Hero on Twitch at Lavender Paws with no underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. You can find me on Twitter at MonkeyPieQuinn. Discord is dying and we've got louder uh, delays. We've got longer delays. (laughs) Oh, no. Just end the show. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Monkey Pie Quinn. That's M O N K I P I Q U I N N. If I haven't changed my Twitter name, yes, Chandler Bing's eight foot cock is the right person. And then silence. And then silence. Uh, well, my end of episode bit was just going to be. Day drinking is the best because it lets you get really, really drunk. I'm pressing the button now. I've returned? Question mark. Hello. Mm-hmm.